around Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She came up behind in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from suffering. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they denied it, Peter stood up and said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, yeah, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly fined and healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Father, we thank you this morning that we can open your word, that your word is the pathway for our lives, that your word gives us strength and power to be able to walk through daily. We ask that you'll enlighten us this morning, you'll open up our minds. Hear us this morning, Lord, as we open your word in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Well, some of you who were here last week, I was saying, yeah, that's one. How's your GPS this week? I was talking about proceeding to the root. How is your GPS working this week? You know, my friend, I should say my friend now, because I've been here for over a, over a year with Dennis. We had a meeting earlier on, and he said to me, I was thinking about another word for your GPS. God's positioning system. So how is your GPS this week? I would love to hear some of your stories, uh, not now, but we can have it in our cup of tea over in the hall after this. Well, of course, you may have guessed the title of my sermon this morning is We Have the Power. We Have the Power. So if your GPS is working, now here is the power to go with it. Yes, folks, this is the message for us this morning, that we have this amazing power in Jesus. The power for us to overcome challenges of life, the power for us to be able that we had been receiving that has transformed our lives, that power that the day that we gave our heart to the Lord and received him, that was the power then. I can well remember the day that I said, yes, Lord, that's the power of transformation. The power for us to be able to love one another. Hey, listen, I don't need to, to, to like you. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I have given you the power to be able to like and to love that person. So as we heard last week, God is love. There is no fear in love. But perfect fear drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fear 
is not made perfect in love. Verses in 4, verses 8, 17 to 18. And this is the point. This is the point John was so wanting to share with the believers of the first century. That's what he wanted to share. That they had the power to withstand. That they had the power to resist influence of false prophets and false teaching about Jesus. That was his message. That they had the power to be bold in their faith. To proclaim Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That was the message last week. That was the whole point of him writing to the believers of the first century. You have the power. Today, it is the same right here in Hope Central Whangarei. So whatever that you're feeling this morning, how are you feeling this morning? Whatever the, whatever the worries that may be this week, I tell you what, we have the power within us. Read 4.11 to respond and resist the devil's activities in this world. I love that part, that we have the power to be able to live life to the fullness of God. So we have the power to proclaim Jesus Christ as our Savior. Who to? To our neighbors. To your friends. What about to the community right here in Whangarei? You have that power, folks. Every day, God gives us. And this is, in this last chapter of 1 John, this is his conclusive message. He says with we have assurance and confidence in the power of God. He says that we can ask anything of God who will answer according to his will for our lives. I want to just to make that point, for our lives. If we are to follow his command. Here's the question. Where is the power of God? Where is the power of God? Well, it's all contained in this last chapter, 1 John 5. It's contained in verse 1 to 5. It is found in the believers themselves. That's where the power of God is. It's in us, the believers of God. It's also found in verses 5 to 12. If you've got your Bible, go to it. It is found in God's testimony about Jesus that's the power. Imagine God testifying about a son. What more power do you want? And thirdly, it is found in the fellowship with God, as you will see in verses 13 to 21. That's the chapter, complete. It is the power of God in those three areas. Let me make the first point, that we have this power as believers of Jesus. Verse 4, it says, every child of God is able to defeat the world. I didn't make that up. That's the word of God. Every one of us are able to defeat the world. John makes this point that believing in Jesus is what separates those who belong to God and those who do not belong to God. Big separation. The believers and the non-believers this is the evidence of rebirth or a change 
for those who belong to God have the power through the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. You have the Holy Spirit. That's God working in us. And every child of God can overcome my words, but can defeat the world. You're saying, is that war? Well, of course it is. That's war is conflict, it's how there's differences in us. But we have the power. With Jesus, we can live life to its fullness. And you know, we see that in John 10, 10, when he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what drew me to be a Christian. I have come so you and also can have the fullness of life. Guess what? I can testify without any, you know, blink of an eye that I have been the fullness of life in God since I've come to know him. Today, this is the church. This is us here at Hope Whangarei. We have the power to demonstrate who God is. God is love. As a church, we are to look out for one another. In other words, we are to love one another as God loved us. Read 3.16. Wow, that's powerful. The same story that we've been heard about, we've been teaching about the kingdom of God, the relationship between us, that is the power of God. The question is, what does my relationship and our relationship with one another looks like? That's the question. Or are we on the lookout for those who are in need in our congregation? Those are some questions to think about. The love of God. Or what does look out or look after mean for you and me? Nice questions to ponder on. Our concept of loving other is reflected by the power of our love for God. The power of our love for God and the power of God to keep his greatest command is in us. What is his greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your and all of your strength. That's the first command. And we have the power to help to keep the commandment. Jesus gives us this. According to his word, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. That's wonderful. If you love me, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Now listen to this. The spirit of truth. You can find it in John 14, 15. Well, that's certainly some power, isn't it? The power of the Spirit that is in us. The power of God in the way we interact with one another is exactly what I was talking about earlier on, about the things that we do. But here, the power of God to be patient. Are you a patient person? The power of God to be kind. The power of God to... Oh, well, not to boast. The power of God not to be proud. The power of God not to, to honor others. What about getting angry? 
Oh, I fall in that trap. I do. But God enables me to get over it and move on. That's God in us. What about the power to be able to trust and hope and persevere? Oh, I don't know about you, but I do find those, those things pretty tough, pretty touchy. Because God in me is able to help me to trust God. You see the journey? We need it. But guess what? You have the power. We have the power. We have the power in Jesus to obey God's commands. Oh, so much reading that gospel, so much reading this, I can't remember. God says, it's okay, I'll help you along. We have the power to help us to be children of God. That's the bottom line. We are children of God. And he says to us, I can help you. I can help you. Our love for God reflects and informs our love for others. Just think about that for one minute. And here's the impact. And this impacts other people's love for God. Think about that. You know, our love for each other also impacts how other people love God. That's the relationship bit that we've been talking about in the kingdom of God in Matthew. The over, you know, goes over and it goes out to others. This is the relationship we want to be actively seeking in our church witness. There is power in the church for the community to observe God. How does our community see us? How does your neighbor see you? How does my family see me? The power of God enables us to become witness to all of those different spaces. And the question is, are we impacting our own believers, our brothers and sisters in the Lord with our love? We have the power as children of God and this world to overcome. This world is a tough place to live in. But we have the power in Jesus to be able to work through it. John does not mean when he talks about overcoming the world by, you know, that to conquer, that is, you know, conquering people. But what he's saying is, it is about successfully living God's way. Being able to live successfully God's way than succumbing to the whims and priorities of this rebellious world. That's a lovely way of putting it. The quality of life. Who are the overcomers? I've mentioned already. The answer is only the one who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You can't be clear about that. Only those who believe in Jesus. Can I encourage you in the little story that I was amazed at how the church we rallied around, you know them as Mr. and Mrs. Shank or Elizabeth and Bill, passing away to a continuous life of God. You know, they had no family here to support them in their death, but you, the church, were their family. And the way the church, you know, the members supported the arrangement for the funeral and service was such a witness 
of God. You know, it's become my story when I go to talk to people in Auckland about how I saw that in operation. The love of God embedded in his people. Even though that you don't have friends or families here, and that was the reality, that the people of God was Elizabeth and Bill's friend. How fantastic. Part two, we have the power. We have the power in God's testimony about his son. I can't say, folks, this is such a powerful witness. Imagine God coming down and saying, this is my son. How credible is that? The power is not only through the, the, through the witness that Jesus came to serve and to die for humanity, but the Spirit testified that he is God's divine son for eternal life. Man, that is powerful. For what? For eternal life. Eternal life is possible only through Jesus. And John makes it clear that eternal life is found in Jesus. In other words, the power is Jesus, God himself. The power is Jesus who destroys the devil's work. And you can read that in 3.8. He has complete power in this world. He is also the son of God. 4.11, 5 and 5. He came in flesh and sacrificed on the cross. God testifies to his son. Eternal life for Christian is not just after death. No, no, no. But the quality of life living right now as well. Hey, that's great, isn't it? Eternal life is not just after death. It is actually the quality of life. That's why Jesus came. So that you and I then have life to its fullness. And to me, that's wonderful. It is not simply life that ends, but a fullness of life that is unending. Oh, grab that in our imagination. The Bible tells us everyone will exist eternally. It is the quality of that existence that separates us. Separates us. For those who accept the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord, and we read that in Romans 6 to 23, that quality will be with God. And that is amazing. We need to hold on to that. For those who reject God's way, stay in rebellion to Him, eternity is described as death. I can't explain it any further. That's the reality. Those that don't know God, it says they are death. You know what? I often hear the, the word that says, you know, you're the, li you're the living dead. You're walking around dead. And you're thinking, of course. I like to always joke that to my friends when I meet up with them. You know, you know Jesus, well, you're dead. But actually the reality is there's a lot of living dead in the world. Think about it, folks. And the power of God says to us, we have eternity of life. Not just next when we die, but right now in this world that we live in. Oh, I love that part. God testifies to his son. It'd be beautiful to listen to what the scripture says. As soon as Jesus 
was baptized. He came up out of the water. At that moment, heaven opened. And he saw, Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love very much. I am well pleased with. Matthew 3, 17. If that's not power to the testimony of God, what is? This is us here this morning. The power of Jesus gives us confidence to approach God. Oh, do you feel far away from God? Well, I'm saying to you this morning that Jesus has come so that you can go confidently to God. That you can be reassured of this idea of eternal life. Folk, it's not when we die. Folk, it's right here. It's like passing. That's why I was talking about Bill and, uh, and Elizabeth. They're just passing through from one life that they fully enjoy to the life that God has got it continues to be. Isn't that wonderful? That's eternal life. And this is the next and my final point of the power of being of God. And that is living in fellowship with God. The power of living in fellowship with God. John wanted to reassure the believers and the readers of the time of their eternal life. That's what he was so much wanting to grab. He wanted to reassure them they were children of God. And you know, as children of God, he wanted them to know what it was. And part of being a child of God is that God hears our prayers and our requests are granted. Have your prayers been answered? Well, I don't know, but actually, but, but, but wait, wait, wait. Yes, we say, we ask God. Yes, but note, according to his will. Well, just imagine, he is not going to grant you a million dollars, is he? Have you asked for a million dollars? Well, that would be a joke. But what God is saying, according to his will. We can also pray, though, with confidence for our friends. Oh, folks, go to God and present your friends who are still dead. Asking God to convict their spirit to know Jesus. You can go to him confidently and ask him to pray and asking God to bless your family. Wonderful. And strengthen their faith. This is the power of fellowship with God. Wow. Are you feeling depressed? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling devalued? Are you feeling unwanted? The great news is we have power in the fellowship with God and Jesus to carry us through. That's what we want. Every day is a trying day. You know, can I invite you folks this morning after the service? We have a prayer team that will be operating, putting into practice this power of fellowship. Please come up if there need for needs, come up and share with them. That's the power of fellowship with God. Continuing fellowship with God keeps us safe. It protects us and keeps us active without fears. It protects us from the world who is under the control of the evil one, as we read in 5.11. Our fellowship with God is also with the gift of understanding. Yes, folks, 
gift of understanding. The power of understanding needs to drill deeply in our spirits. How is your GPS? How is your spirit and drilling down to what God really wants? That's the question. John implores us to hold on to our faith. It is the gift of knowing that we are in Jesus. Finally, the power of fellowship with God with God guards us from idolatry and false God. That's a biggie. The power of, of fellowship with God protects us from idolatry and false God. Idolatry is the worship of a false God. This is not just a physical idol like Buddha statue, but guess what? Priority in our lives. Whatever we put first, for example, our job, you know, our career, those are, we can make that as God. All our energy goes into it, nothing else. And then at the end of the day, Lord, I'm so tired, help me today. Priorities in life. Our house, our love for our family, those are things that I think that's the challenging part. These can all be idols. But here's what Matthew talks about. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is where you are. This last verse, 21, summarizes the point of the entire letter and challenges the reader both yesterday, that's the ancient times, and modern, our time, to decide which God will we worship. The God who revealed himself in Jesus or a false God. We have the power in Jesus. Not obvious power like a bulldozer digging up a trench or an atomic bomb that can crush the city. It is a quiet power like the inherent, that inherent in a seed which causes a plant to pop up off the ground and burst into a flower or meaningful words that are spoken and cause altering convictions and changes hearts for all eternity. That's the power. It is in the power of love and action. Have you invested love and, cons and concern into a person who was literally unlovable? Maybe someone at work or a family member, but because of your sensitivity to them and acceptance, you witness a transformation in his or her behavior. God's love in action. Maybe you have been given a task that you feel totally inadequate for, but you have opened the Bible and found a scripture of encouragement that allowed you to come out a winner. One John says, we, the children of God, that can overcome the world, be faithfully believing that we have God's power to affect change. How about a little exercise, just to finish off? A list with a few lives altering. I want to quit worrying about future. I want to become fitter. I want to be kinder. I want to live life to its fullness. You know, folks, when God commissions, he empowers that power is absolutely yours by faith. Take it and head out this week. The victories are just beginning. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, I pray that the Holy